Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, folks. Welcome back to LettermanRow.com. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Automotive. Uh, Spencer, we're just going to dive right in, okay? Today is all about uh, one thing, and that is the the duo from around the country, uh, Washington and Virginia, who went to Oklahoma this weekend again uh, for Tristan Lee, the five-star offensive tackle, the first time for a wide receiver, Emeka Abuka. And um, I want to start with Lee because I feel like it's a much less convoluted conversation. Uh, and again, maybe it feels like we're beating a dead horse, but the fact that Tristan Lee was unable to make it to Ohio State in October um, and has not been able to get back to Ohio State since, despite you know, conversation I had with his mom last week. Uh, she said that they were still trying. Maybe they could get there December 19th. Um, there's, I guess that could still happen. I just don't think it will. He did go back to Oklahoma for the second time. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he was there the same weekend that Abuka was. And of course, Caleb Williams, who lives there, and a handful of other Oklahoma commits and uh, Oklahoma targets. It seems pretty clear to me that their goal is that Tristan Lee is, is a building block in that class. Um, I don't know if Ohio State's second in that recruitment right now to the Sooners or if LSU still is. I don't think LSU is. I think it's Ohio State second um, based on just conversations I've had with, with people about things that are going on in Baton Rouge. But he's not coming to Ohio State, I don't think. I mean, it's unless a miracle happens in these next few days, because number one, signing day uh, is the 16th through the 18th. And if he's going to visit Ohio State on the 19th, then the likelihood is he's already signed somewhere and is just waiting until January 2nd to announce it. So seems pretty moot to me. Yeah, I would agree. I think if he, if he is dead set on signing during the early signing period, it's, it's done deal. He's not coming to Ohio state. And then the bigger thing is, you know, he, he kept saying he wanted to go to Ohio state. He wanted to go to Ohio state. Like we keep saying, it's, it's a lot closer than Oklahoma is. And he made two trips to Oklahoma and none to Ohio state. That tells you just about everything you need to know. And in a world of, reading tea leaves and having to do things uh, over zoom uh, with Ohio state, he chose to go to Oklahoma twice. And that, that kind of gives a lot of of his thought process away uh, without really giving anything away. Yeah. Two trips to Oklahoma, two trips to LSU, both of those before, you know, the, the LSU season sort of fell apart and before um, everything went haywire down there with the off the field stuff. And I think that that off the field stuff has actually affected his recruitment with LSU a lot more than the fact that they're not playing good football. Um, I think that part of the equation is easy to explain if you're Ed Orgeron or the people in the Tigers program. Uh, The rest of it, the off the field concerns about character uh, inside of that program. That is easier uh, said than done to, to try to explain that because that sort of stuff matters to kids and their parents a whole lot more than people think. Um, before we dive into Emeka Abuka, I guess it makes sense to even go back to Rajon Davis, um, the five-star linebacker from uh, California who's committed to LSU for that reason. And again, we talked about him last week, but we're a week away from signing day, folks, and we're going to talk about the same couple guys because that's really all that matters at this point. Um, 
I, I don't believe that Rajon Davis is going to sign with LSU. He is not going to enroll early. He is not going to sign early. And so I think that there is a very good opportunity for Ohio State potentially based on what shakes out with linebacker numbers. If anybody leaves attrition wise that they're not expecting, maybe there's an opportunity there for Ohio State to really um, swoop in. I think USC is probably um, the team that really people should be watching there for Rajon. Um, and there's a tie-in potentially to the class of 2022 with Damani Jackson there as well. If Rajon Davis and Corey Foreman end up staying at USC, all of a sudden you have a much greater poll for Damani Jackson um, to stay out West. But when you're talking about Foreman and, you know, Rajon Davis, the Arizona State's in the mix, there's a lot of moving parts, but either way, I don't think that uh, LSU is where Rajon Davis will end up. So, we can put that stuff away and get onto the main course because that's the, the meal of the day, the miel de jour, the miel of the month, uh, is Emeka Abuka, the five-star receiver from Steelacombe, Washington, um, outside of Seattle, number one ranked receiver in the country, five-star player, a top, you know, baseball prospect as well as a center fielder. The dude is, is, a, is a super athlete. Okay, so for months, Spencer, we've had this conversation about Emeka Abuka. He was going to visit Oklahoma no matter what before he made a decision, okay? So I want to say that first to people out there because why? Because on Monday, he got home from Oklahoma. On Tuesday, he announced that he's making a decision on Friday, okay? Mm -hmm. So what's the natural assumption from folks out there? Out there, like as in like in Columbus, because the reaction in Columbus is that Pets' heads are falling off. Uh, but the reaction in rooted in reality is that he saw everything he needs to see at Oklahoma and now he can make an informed decision. Um, and I think that's, I think that's very important. The context here, the Ohio state relationship with him is so strong, so strong. And we can't stress that enough that yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this lies because did he hear enough from Oklahoma to put the relationship with Brian Hartline to bed? I don't know if that's even possible because his relationship with Brian Hartline is so good. It's it is possible because it's recruiting and it's Ohio State and it's Oklahoma and those are two massive programs that can answer a lot of questions that a lot of recruits could have. So it, it's about to get interesting. It's about to get a little wild, and we haven't had this in the clip 2020 class in quite a while at Ohio State. No, and there's two trains of thought here. One is that 2021 class. Sorry. Right. No. No worries. So there's two trains of thought. First is that he visited Oklahoma. He got home and he knows his decision and he's announcing it Friday. And so that will make people freak out and say, okay, he's definitely picking Oklahoma. The timing is perfect. It suits, it lines up great for Oklahoma. And that is indisputable, but it's also coincidental. I think uh, in that, as you said, he was been saying for months, he was going to visit Oklahoma before he could make a decision. So the timing is less about Oklahoma and more about signing day, which is next week. And if he wants to sign early, he needs to make his decision before next week. So either way, the most recent visit was going to be Oklahoma. The most, um, you know, the visit that was going to be on his mind was going to be Oklahoma. So it really comes down to the relationship with Ohio State. The and here's where I think it's actually kind of funny, Spencer. If, if you read um, the words out there from other people in the last month or so, there's been a lot of conversation from folks that are actually trying to sell this narrative that it's Oklahoma and Washington as the top two schools for Abuka and Ohio State running third. And 
I don't, I don't have any idea where that notion comes from, um, but I think it's utter bunk. Uh, and maybe, maybe I'm getting like, you know, one-sided information, uh, but I don't think that there's any possible way that the Buckeyes are running third uh, in this battle. If they are, then a lot of this conversation is moot anyway, because if, he, if they weren't first heading into the Oklahoma visit, then they're certainly not going to be first coming out of it. Um, so I, I don't think that that's true. So I want to be very clear. I, I, I know there are people around the country who are very good at their jobs who are saying that and, and, and suggesting it. I think they're uh, getting bad information and we can deal with that, I guess, down the road if I'm right or wrong. Um, that said, the decision is coming this Friday at eight o'clock Eastern time for Emeka Abuka. Um, and it comes down to relationships like everything else. Okay. Ohio State's relationship, the relationship he has with Brian Hartline, the relationship he has with Ryan Day, the relationship, ironically, that he has with the Ohio State 2020 wide receivers um, is actually funny to me because I think that those guys are being used against Ohio State on the recruiting trail and being told, hey, they have these four receivers in this class that, you know, it's going to be harder for you to get on the field. But I think the relationship he's developed with Julian Fleming and that he already had with G. Scott and that he has developing with Jackson Smith and Jigba um, on top of the relationships he has with Ohio State are actually helping the Buckeyes because he's getting true to life uh, reaction from those guys about what to expect and what Ohio State is doing for them. So I think that it's funny that it's being used against them when ultimately those relationships are, I believe, in Ohio State's favor. That is interesting because a lot of programs will sell. You'll have to play with those four guys. And instead, Ohio State can say, you get to play with those four guys. And all those guys can say, you get to play with me and the other three yeah. and Garrett Wilson next year and a C.G. Stroud or a Jack Miller or a, or a Kyle McCord or eventually a Quinn Ewers. Right, exactly. There, there is no shortage of talent uh, at any of these places he's thinking about. And this is one point I've made on this show before. Um, there's a belief that Oklahoma's depth chart is more favorable for uh, Emeka Abuka if he wants it, but he would be the fifth wide receiver in the class of 2021 for Oklahoma if he picks the Sooners. Uh, four of the five, four of the top five receivers for Oklahoma in, uh, right now are sophomores or younger, uh, including their leading receiver, Marvin Mims, who's a true freshman. Uh, they have Jaden Hazelwood, the country's number one receiver in the class of 2019, who was the only player ranked ahead of Garrett Wilson at the position that year. He hasn't, he has two catches this year. He hasn't been healthy. So you have that weapon. Uh, you have um, another top uh, 11 player in that class uh, at the position whose name is escaping me right now, who hasn't played this year because of um, COVID tests that he can't seem to be test negative for something ridiculous that's been going on. Um so it's not like there's this huge open gap all in the lineup at Oklahoma. For some reason, that's being sold as a, as, um, as like a bonus for them. At Ohio State, if you break down the depth chart reasonably and realistically, Chris Olave will be off to the NFL after this year uh, as a probable first-round draft pick. Next season, Garrett Wilson will do the same. And those two guys in five games have more catches than anybody on Oklahoma's team in 10. So yeah, it, it's the production, the depth, um, the fact that the, these young guys at Ohio state are actually 
closer to where Abuka would be developmental wise because they've had no real opportunity to play. I think all that plays into Ohio State's favor. And I feel funny that I'm I'm like the only person seeing it that way. And I don't so I'm either insane or right. I hope are I'm you right. crazy? Am I crazy? I hope I'm right, but I, I could be crazy. Um and so you know there is Obviously, things he liked about Oklahoma, the relationship he has with Caleb Williams is better right now than any relationship he has with an Ohio State commit, period. So, you know, we can talk about the, the quarterbacks that are available um, for Ohio State, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly figure that out. We're going to be back for a break. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this more in just one second. So welcome back to Letterman Row, uh, Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast. Um, we're talking about quarterbacks and, and Oklahoma has good quarterbacks. Okay. There's Spencer Rattler, very good quarterback. There's Caleb Williams, very good quarterback coming in in the class of 2021. Spencer Rattler is a redshirt freshman. There's no guarantee that Caleb Williams is going to be playing ahead of him for the next two years. Uh, I don't think that Spencer Rattler is a Baker Mayfield, Tyler Murray type player yet. So there's not like a, a huge concern that he's going to be gone after his redshirt sophomore year. So while I think that, the relationship with Caleb Williams and Emeka Buka is something that you have to pay attention to. If he's really, and I've said this before, Spencer, like if the biggest thing for him is his, his friendship with Caleb Williams, then the Buckeyes have no shot anyway. Right. Yeah. Probably. I mean, he, he, he can play video games with Caleb Williams while he's at Washington or at Ohio state, you know? Yeah. But we're not, we're not considering Washington a threat here. So we, well, you I'm certainly, gonna, I'm not, I'm not, uh, because I just don't buy it. Again, I, as I've said about uh, plenty of kids in Ohio over the last year, if if you're in that home state and you want to commit there, and the best thing you can do for your future of the program is to commit early and build a program. And I don't think that that's what a Mecca is going to do. I, I think it's an Ohio State-Oklahoma battle all the way. Go ahead. What were you saying before I so rudely cut you off because I'm a jerk? Then. This is your show, Berm. I'm just here. I'm just here for the bands. Uh, but anyways... I think you have a good point there. If if that relationship with Caleb Williams wins out, then Ohio State just needs to cut its losses and say, well, we gave it a good run. Um, that's not how Ohio State recruits. They, they don't do that yeah. very often. They, they still go after guys, especially when you're recruiting against a team that you could see down the road in the college football playoff as an opponent. Uh, and I, I just think that I'm going to keep saying it and keep saying it. I think that Brian Hartline's on to something. Um, when you can't go out and see a guy and, and you can't, be in the home or you can't have him on campus and he lives 2,500 miles or however far Seattle is from here. Um, I'm not a, a geographer. Uh, but when you have that and you continue to build that relationship, despite the obstacles that Ohio State has in this recruitment, and I know, you know, I don't want to sound like a woe is Ohio State guy because Ohio State doesn't need any pity from anybody. Uh, but I will say there are a lot of obstacles that Ohio State's had to overcome in this recruitment with when it, as it pertains to COVID and the dead period and everything. And for them to still be in this battle tells you what kind of recruiter Brian Hartline is. And for them, if they can win the battle, will tell you even, even give you an even better feel of how big of a recruiter he is, because this was not an easy recruitment to land the number one wide receiver in the class from 2000 miles away when he can't visit for an entire year. Like th that is mind blowing. If Ohio state can pull it off and Oklahoma is up against the same battle, but I, I I just think that relationship wins out. Yeah, and Oklahoma got off to a late start a little bit in this recruitment, and, and they weren't really a player until like the end of July, which is all that more impressive that they're the team that seems to be 
um, the potential thorn in the side here. And again, I, I don't, I don't know what it is, um, but something is just always felt like he said this for months. He wanted to go visit Oklahoma, and Emeka Buka is an extremely thorough kid. Like he does not make decisions emotionally. He does not do things irrationally, and. I think that a lot of people see, and we'll go back to the start of this very conversation about him, they see the, the timing of this announcement and think that it's an emotional reaction to his visit to Oklahoma ending, and I just don't see that being the case. Um, yeah. I, I think that there's also something, Spencer, to be said that here we are um, a week before signing day, the signing period, pardon me, and Ohio State chose not to go after any other receiver in these last few months, knowing full well that A, it didn't really need to because they do have a lot of young talent that is unproven and, and they feel like maybe it makes more sense to bank another scholarship for 2022 uh, if needed. But it also speaks to the fact that Brian Hartland's always felt comfortable in the fact that he has a good relationship with Emeka uh, and thought to himself, why even risk that by offering someone else? Why even put that out into the atmosphere and say, hey, if you don't want it, someone else will. Because I think a lot of times kids are looking for reasons to say, okay, fine, maybe you don't, maybe you aren't everything you've said that you were in this recruitment. Maybe, maybe, you know, you kept telling me, I'm your guy, I'm your guy, I'm your guy, you'll wait, to, you'll wait on me forever, but then you don't. Um, and so I, I think that that's a, a strategic play by Ohio State, one that is born out of uh, comfort with the current roster and, and with Marvin Harrison and, and Jaden Ballard, but the Buckeyes were very, very, very in on Bo Collins, very, very, very in on Troy Stilato, very, very, very in on um, uh, the other kid going to Oklahoma, Mario, Mario Williams. Williams. They had opportunities um, to, to really push on other guys and there was always something about the bond between Heartline and Abuka that kept them from doing it. Um, and so I, I know that there's plenty of reasons for people to be freaked out. And I know coming from me, Mr. Negative, uh, it, it's going to be weird when I say, I just, I don't see it. I, I, I know Oklahoma has done a lot of good things here, but I don't think that that visit was enough to shove it over the top. So I think that's enough, uh, and we, we will find out on Friday. So we it, today is Wednesday. We have two days to figure it out. Um, Spencer, anything else you got? That was the longest game of in or out we've ever played. Oh, oh my gosh, we didn't even have the theme music. Yeah, but we can always add it in. You know, let's let's just to review to review, to review. the card. Sure, Rajon Davis. Rajon Davis. I'm still going to say out, but. It's not because I don't think he's going to LSU. It's because I don't think he – I think he's not going to LSU, and that increases the odds of him ending up at USC or somewhere else. But I don't think he's in at Ohio State yet. Okay. Tristan Lee. Out. Out. Okay. And then the big one, Emeka Ibuka. This episode of Letterman Rose Talking Stuff brought to you by Byers Automotive and hosted by me, Jeremy Birmingham co-hosted by Spencer Holbrook, is rated E for everything Emeka. And I still think Emeka Abuka is in at Ohio State, and I think he will pick the Buckeyes on Friday. And uh, I think Buckeyes fans have every reason to be skeptical right now, but I'm, it just doesn't feel right. All right, and a bonus that you don't know about. 
Oh. JT Tuohy Malau. Uh, in still, I mean, I don't see why not. Uh, I don't think anything's changing. Again, I, I really think that JT's visits is going to happen in like the end of April, and I think that he's going to be making a college decision in May. I don't think that there's any reason to even consider that he's going to have one ready in February. You know what's crazy about that though? He could still contribute next fall if he could, if he shows up in June. He absolutely will because so. he is that good of a player. So. Uh, that'll be it. Spencer Holbrook, Jeremy Birmingham, Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, uh, turn on the notifications, do all that stuff. Spencer and I will be back uh, sometime in the next couple of days to break down the decision from Emeka Abuka, whichever way it falls. So uh, we look forward. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.